Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. We are back after a brief hiatus with no uh, game last week in the football department and the basketball team not tipping off when we were going to record. We didn't have a lot to talk about, and with the holiday weekend, we figured, you know what, we'll take that episode off and hit you guys back uh, and cover both basketball games on today's show. Uh, in addition to that, though, we've got plenty to talk about. A lot of news around the Big Tens. We're going to have just a Big Ten segment at the end. We've got some recruiting stuff. Wisconsin picked up a big commitment, um, one that I know we were both pretty excited about uh, to see his commitments. We'll get into that. So a whole host of stuff, football, basketball, to get us back into the swing of Bucky's fifth podcast. Thankfully, right now, uh, it looks like the football game is a go. There's no COVID issues with Wisconsin or Indiana, so it should be fun. We'll have our Indiana preview out on this normal day on Thursday, you guys. So two episodes this week to get back into the swing of things. Matt, how you doing? How was your uh, Thanksgiving? Uh, doing well. You know, it was nice having having some time off and and being able to just kind of relax. Uh, it was is a bummer not having the Badger Badger game over the weekend after that kind of got axed. Um, it was that was kind of tough, but at the same time, there was a lot of really good college football over the weekend. So. I'm doing well. It's it's Monday. We're getting ready for another Badger basketball game tomorrow or today if you're hearing this on Tuesday. So overall, I'm doing great. How about you, ma'am? Yeah, same. It was nice to have a few days off. And, and unfortunately, with without the game, we didn't have as much writing to do. So it was nice to just have a, a little long weekend break of, of everything that way. Of course, I would have much rather had it the opposite with uh, playing that game. But uh, it, it is what it is. I know Minnesota, unfortunately, had their game uh, canceled again for this upcoming weekend. So it's been a tough season for, for college football and especially in the Big Ten. And unfortunately, no one is immune to, to this virus uh, hitting their football program and, and causing all sorts of issues. So uh, we wish them the best as they get ready. And uh, it'll be nice to get back into the swing of things, though, uh, this week. I'm excited to talk Indiana. It's unfortunate. We'll talk about it a little later. Um, but with Indiana now coming in uh, with some depleted, some injuries, um, to some major positions, so it's going to be unfortunate for them, but uh, it's exciting to have uh, Badger basketball and Badger football in full swing. So before we get into those, let, let's talk a little recruiting. Big, big day for the Badgers in terms of the recruiting slot. Um, Nolan Rucci, before we get into the commitment, picked up his fifth star according to Rivals. Not really a surprise. I know uh, in terms of a prospect, we both kind of already saw him as a five-star kid. A really dominating offensive line, but what did you make of that uh, before we get into the commitment from uh, Jay Crosslaw? Yeah, I mean, for him, it's just uh, once again a, another feather in his cap. He's a kid who's really talented. The Badgers are, are lucky to have his commitment. He's a the type of player that you want along your offensive line, and, and it just further demonstrates how far the Badgers have come in offensive line and really just recruiting in general, that this is now the third straight class that at least one of the sites has uh, a five-star kid committed to Wisconsin uh, that is going to be signing uh, here in the early signing period. So uh, very cool. I know when we had Nolan on um, and his family on to talk about his commitment, he, he was very excited about the possibilities of 
going and playing under Joe Rudolph. I'm I'm excited to see what he can bring, but really, in the end, it doesn't change much other than it just adds a little bit of extra notoriety to to the hype of him coming in and really this class overall. Yeah, it gives the class a nice little boost. And anytime you're a five star prospect, you you you're you're excited about it as a player. I'm sure as a family, it was it was nice for the Ruchis to see that. And for the Badgers, like I said, it gives your class a little boost. He's one of the top. Uh, players across the country, and I know he was excited to to get to Wisconsin and get playing under, like you said, Joe Rudolph. He should be really good in this system, and he joins his, of course, his brother. So a lot of excitement from him. Like you said in our interview, he was he was a really well spoken kid. So not a surprise. I think he's going to go on to do great things uh, at the at Wisconsin, and I think that five star uh, rating is indicative of that. And it does give the class a little boost, as well as. Um, Jake Rosloff giving the, the class a, a nice boost. Uh, the last kind of commitment that we were wondering about him and uh, Karloftis were the two guys that were kind of up in the air um, with the Badgers looking at it. But the Badgers do get a commitment from four-star outside linebacker Jake Rosloff. Rose out of Rosemont, Minnesota. He's been a kid that has been committed to the University of Minnesota for, it said since seventh grade is what I read in an article. I'm not sure if that is true, but a uh, huge flip for Wisconsin. Um, as a hockey kid, I know once he didn't get picked in the NFL draft or the NHL draft, excuse me, his sights maybe got flipped a little bit to football. But how big is it in terms of recruiting to not only get a very talented athletic kid, which I, which I know you were very high on, but to also get a kid that is essentially a, a gopher, he's been committed to the Gophers for years, to flip over to Wisconsin? Yeah, I mean, the, the writing's been kind of on the wall that if he opted to choose football, the Badgers were probably the most likely landing spot huge commitment. The Badgers have been just stockpiling linebackers, and it makes sense when you look at the depth chart that they have. You you see um, them talking about a guy like Tatum Grass working in, in the two deep, potentially, at inside linebacker, and that's a reason why the Badgers are saying, hey, we're going to bring in so many outside linebackers, inside linebackers, and really, you look at the haul that they have, and it's and it's really, really nice. I think Ratzloff might be the best of the bunch at outside linebacker or inside linebacker. I think he is an absolute stud. He's a when he's when he's v-lining for a running back or getting after the quarterback the kid plays a little bit of safety a little bit outside linebacker inside linebacker he's the type of hard-nosed kid that has done really really well at wisconsin um when you add in his athletic traits as a hockey player as well and and really just what he can bring to the table and i think he is going to be a, a future star for the badgers potentially if if he can stay healthy and work his way onto the field. Because the the idea of him having the ability to play inside or outside, um, already having good size, um, he really looks like a guy like uh, a Jack Sitchy on film where he is just 100 miles an hour and can really bring bring the rockets when he's he's looking for a tackle. Yeah, I think that's a great comparison uh, to Jack Sitchy, a guy that, like you said, can play inside or out. I'm interested to see where he'll end up being once he gets to Wisconsin, maybe puts on some weight. I could definitely see him moving inside, but if not, if he's on the outside, you know, as a pass rusher, he's got the athleticism to really, uh, you know, bring some strong traits to that position. You mentioned the hockey background. It takes a lot of the same uh, muscles in terms of burst on the outside as an outside linebacker as you need to, to skate. You need strong legs and, and strong upper body and a good amount of balance. So I think as a pass rusher, he's got all the tools to really come in and be something special for Wisconsin. And it really, you know, like you mentioned, the, the class is, is filling out the last couple classes with outside linebackers and inside linebackers. 
Wisconsin for years has recruited those positions really well. But Rothloff is, is a really big get. Uh, he seems like a guy that if he maybe translates to an inside guy, he's going to rack up the tackles. But if he's outside, he's going to be a guy that can really get to the quarterback. And, uh, you know, like I mentioned, to flip him from, from Minnesota, you know, heart of Minnesota kid, been a gopher commit for so long and on the hockey side, that just kind of fell through to get him back over to Wisconsin is a big pickup. So I think in terms of this class and in the last few pieces, he was one of the big ones that I think the, the coaching staff had their eyes on, fans were paying close attention to, and to now get his commitment that really kind of buttons up the class, maybe one more out there, like I mentioned in Karloftis, but otherwise this class is, is looking really strong. Um, with you know We talked about Ruchu, and now we've got Rosloff in there. There's, there's a ton of talent in this class, and, and it's a nice uh, kind of bow on the top of the present for this class incoming. Yeah, for sure, and and you look at it, I think one of the biggest things to take away from is that the Badgers not only are bringing in really talented guys, but they're taking them out of their rivals' territory. You're looking Mm -hmm. at Dolan Rucci coming out of right under the nose of Penn State. You've got the Badgers making sure that they sweep and get the kids from in-state that they want, but then you take Riley Mullman, the number one kid in Minnesota. You take Jake Rapsloff, the number five kid in the state of Minnesota, and I wouldn't be surprised if his ranking goes up um, additionally, here in the in the coming months, when they he finally um, gets relooked at, now that he is for sure a football player, uh, because a lot of times the rankings won't are, are are a little less are a little reluctant, I should say, to go ahead and give a kid a really high rating if there's a chance he's not even going to play the sport. But then you got T.J. Bowler, the number one or two player in in the state of Iowa. Um, that's that's really good, and those are pulling guys out of places where traditionally you would have thought T.J. Bowlers would have been going to Iowa. You would have thought that Riley Mullen would be going to Minnesota. And for the Badgers to be able to clean those areas up and bring in that talent, and that not only helps you, but it hurts your opponent. And that's that's what it's about when recruiting. So um, kudos to the the staff for their hard work on, on bringing in some of these guys. And now it's going to be a matter of making sure that they can develop these guys into what they can become in the future. Yeah, I think that's it's really telling of, of what Wisconsin does well. You look at their in-state guys as well. You know, the the top ten guys are are pretty much exclusively you know the top six in this 2021 you know class rankings are, are Badger commits. You look at Minnesota, that's not quite the same thing. There's a lot of guys um, either going to Wisconsin or Iowa and, and different schools that way. So for to, to to recruit your home state is so important, and for Wisconsin to be going into these other states like Iowa. You know, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, and Minnesota, and winning these are, are really important because not only are you getting these guys on your team, but you're getting these guys away from your rival school, schools. You know, a guy like Jake Rosloff, you know, right in the heart of Minnesota to get him flipped over is, is just a really big, um, you know, big commitment for the Badgers. I think he's going to do really well, and it just shows what Paul Chris and his staff are doing. They're, they're hitting the road. They're doing their research, and they're, and they're getting after these guys and, and getting them to commit. You know, it's it's a long process, but it's nice to see the Badgers winning these battles, and uh, it should set them up really well for the future. Yeah, and I, I think one thing that's big about his commitment as well is because of his versatility, he fits very much what the Badgers have had at, at traditionally at outside linebacker. And we've seen success, success with a guy like Stitchy, with a guy like Schobert, um, as, as a player who's really athletic, um, has has kind of tweener size to it, but can totally be a really good outside linebacker in, in the Big Ten and potentially in the NFL. But then you look at some guys like T.J. Bowlers and Daryl Peterson, two guys that are 
right now being projected as outside linebackers, but very easily could end up being along the defensive line. This commitment makes it even more likely that one of those two probably ends up putting their hand in the dirt and, and kind of goes the route that the Badgers took with a guy like Chikwe Obasi, Alex James, who were guys that were originally coming in as potentially outside linebackers but ended up playing along the defensive line. And, and really those two had tremendous careers and and were pretty highly regarded guys as well. So if Bowlers or Peterson end up kind of getting pushed out by some of these other outside linebackers or inside linebackers that end up um, making some waves, I could easily see one of those guys sliding down to the defensive line as well and helping bolster that group because they only have one defensive lineman in this class, which I, I think is one place that you could probably look at and say they're good, but another body in there probably could help as well going forward. Yeah, definitely wouldn't hurt the, the way the class is shaken out. I like what you said there. I think uh, that's a that's a good point to make as you look at how the the numbers are shaken out position by position there. So, well, some good recruiting stuff for the Badgers as they get closer and closer to to wrapping that class up. Uh, not necessarily recruiting news here, but we'll hit on it before we get into the basketball stuff. Rashad Wild Goose has opted out of the rest of the season, going to get ready for the NFL draft. Uh, Coach Chris, in his presser today, mentioned that this is something that uh, Wild Goose had already been considering before the season started, and then um, when he went down with an injury, he just felt you know this was his time to, to get ready for the draft um, and, and try to make his impact at the next level. So we wish him the best of luck. Um, definitely a, a tough loss for the Wisconsin football team. He's a good corner, played a ton of, of slot corner, and a guy that uh, was really, you know, when he was on the field, really making some strides last year, had a really good year this year. Uh, you know, of course, there's been cancellations. He's been banged up. It's hard to get a read on on how he was playing, but uh, we wish him the best. And what do you make of, of that kind of news uh, with Rashad Wild Goose? Yeah, I think the injury really is the big reason for this is because he's shutting it down, looking at it, that, that he was probably looking at this as a potential thing going forward anyways. Um, but, I, but I'm a little surprised. I, I still think that he probably was the best corner that they had on this roster from a, a future NFL standpoint, just because of the versatility he has as, as a guy who can play slot, can play boundary. Um, but, but I do think that it's going to be interesting to see where or if he gets picked. Um, I think he, he's a guy that you look, he's really good in run support in addition to being able to cover. So I think he's got a shot. It's just a matter of I didn't see this one coming, and I think a lot of people didn't see this coming because – uh, it was a kind of by surprise that he would opt to shut things down this early. He's really only played two and a half, I mean, not even a half, two and two years and, you know, three, four games here. Um, so I, it's an interesting decision. I think he's got the talent to make it in the league. It's just going to be a matter of can it, does a team take a chance on him and um, does he get drafted? Because I can see him anywhere in that like fourth through seventh round range if uh, he tests really well and uh, can show that, hey, his shoulder is healthy. Yeah, that'll be important, you know, getting ready, you know, pro days, combine, anything like that is going to be really big for him uh, to improve his draft stock because, like you said, there's not been a lot of tape um, for him and, and scouts to kind of go off of. I, that's all important. Uh, I think he's got the talent to certainly play at the next level, and, and now it's going to be him having to get ready and, and really get prepared uh, to have a good offseason in terms of those testing and showing that he's ready to play because – I think someone will definitely take a flyer on him, whether it be you know signing him or in, in the draft, uh, and hopefully he can be a good player because Wisconsin, you, you don't usually see cornerbacks from Wisconsin you know, going early, but that's kind of just the, the talent that they've started to bring in that's going to happen maybe more and more. 
And, and Rashad Wildgoose, I think, has the talent to certainly do it. It's just going to be a matter of how he tests out and, and how he performs. But uh, we wish him the best of luck. It was a lot of fun to watch him, even in his somewhat brief stint at Wisconsin. I think he was a very talented player and uh, hopefully can, can go on to the next level and, and do big things. We always love to see Wisconsin uh, guys do really well in the pros. For the most part, they've had a lot of guys that go to the next level and do well that maybe weren't expected to be big NFL players. So hopefully that's the same case with Rashad Wildgoose, and he goes on to a, a long and illustrious uh, NFL career. For sure. Definitely be rooting for him. Um, you know, we're going we're gonna to miss out on all the Wild Goose fun that we can have with, you know, all the things. But <laughs> gone but too soon. in the end, yeah, way too soon. <laughs> um, but I, I do think that it's interesting that the commitment of Jake Ratzloff came today just on the heels of his announcement. It probably means that, hey, they opened up another scholarship. So this could mean that the, the staff is done with recruiting for 2021, um, you know, about a month away from signing day. So I, I think that's probably – where that scholarship came from in a lot of ways. So um, the Badgers missed out on Wild Goose, but now adding in Ratzloff. I think that's one of those things where who knows how it plays out in the future for, for both players. But um, as things stand, it's it's definitely going to be something to monitor because the Wisconsin rarely does, like you mentioned, have cornerbacks leaving early for the NFL. I think that gets a good bow on the recruiting and the uh, football talk for the Badgers. Uh, we'll get our couple quick ad reads out of the way, and then we'll get into some Wisconsin basketball talk. All right, so Wisconsin Hoops is off and running. They got the season started with their opener against Eastern Illinois, 77-67 to victory. Uh, score looks a little bit tighter if you didn't watch the game. It really wasn't that tight uh, throughout, kind of a strong second half for Eastern Illinois. And then the second contest, Badgers picked up a 92-58 victory over Arkansas Pine Bluff. That game was uh, pretty ugly uh, early on. Uh, the Badgers got out to a hugely uh, ugly for Arkansas Pine Bluff, I should say. Badgers got out to 25-0 lead. We were just um, the, the Golden Lions were just completely outmatched in that game. It was <laughs> watching Micah Potter and Nate Reavers play against some of those guys in terms of just sheer size um, was was pretty telling of uh, where the Badgers are at. They've just got some dominating athletes, and there were no uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff was really no match for them. But two good wins, two opponents that really you aren't expecting so, expecting much from in the college basketball season. But nice to get the guys. Uh, back on the court. What were your kind of overall thoughts uh, from the, the the two games to open the season? You know, I thought overall the Badgers looked pretty good. I, I think they've got some stuff to, to really fix on. Definitely rebounding is something that immediately jumped off the page to me. The Badgers got out-rebounded by Eastern Illinois, a team that, that really doesn't have much height. They, they, they had one guy that was played major minutes that was over that was 6'9 or above. Everybody else that was playing was pretty much 6'6" you know, um, six, seven, somewhere in that range that were forwards. That's something you're not going to see much in the Big Ten whatsoever. So to get out-rebounded by that uh, is is not great. Um, and then Arkansas Pine Bluff missed a hell of a lot of shots in there, and they still almost kept up with the Badgers in, in the rebounding department. So that would be something that I would say is, is noteworthy to keep an eye on because I think they're going to definitely need to improve upon that. Um, but at the same time, I, I love the way that the Badgers were able to go deep into their bench, played some of the young guys, get them on the court, get their experience going at, at an early time here, because it's you don't have the traditional um, offseason um, that they would normally get. You also don't have some of the non-conference games that you traditionally get. So the 
the guys are kind of being thrown into it immediately here, and um, and that starts even this week coming up. Green Bay is probably going to be a similar type opponent, maybe a step up from Eastern Illinois and Arkansas Pine Bluff, but then you've got Marquette and Louisville, boom, boom, right right within the next week. So I think it's going to be telling um, how quickly the Badgers can kind of right those wrongs on the rebounding department. But overall, I thought they played well. They did they did what they needed to do to win. They coasted in, in uh, the second half of both of those games because they had pretty solid leads. So um, I, I liked what I saw from this team, but, but really it's tough to take a lot away from either of those games because the, um, the talent gap was so wide. Yeah, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. The rebounding was definitely the, the big concern as you go forward and what you're going to want to kind of look for when you look at the Big Ten and, and some of the guys are going to be taking on Kofi Coburn, Luca Garza. There's a lot of really talented bigs in this conference. So if you're not getting the ball and, and, and cleaning the glass very well, uh, it's going to come back to bite you. And I, I think for the Badgers, that's something. You've got Nate Reavers. You've got Micah Potter. Tyler Wall is a bigger guy um, in terms of height. You've got you know Crowell and Carlson. You're going to need to rebound the ball better. You should rebound the better the ball better. You know, with those guys, you know, you know, two Giants and Reavers and Potter. So definitely something to watch for as they get closer into these games. You know, you mentioned Marquette, Louisville coming up. Uh, those are games that you're going to have to rebound the ball, get second chances, and, and wipe out second chances on the defensive end of the floor. So I think that was the the big thing to watch. And, and like you mentioned. The, the talent gap was so big that it's hard to take a, you know, a, a lot from that. The Arkansas Pine Bluff game, uh, just, just the difference in, in players was, was evident. You know, the, the Badgers sometimes could just kind of bully their way you know, down there. Aleem Ford was the guy that was bullying guys and, and, and dominating in the paint a little bit. He's not usually one that you're seeing down there banging, but the size difference for, for a lot of those guys was something that the Badgers could take advantage of. Um, so I'm interested to see, you know, Tuesday evening when they take on Green Bay, if some of that gets improved. They're probably a little bit of a, you know, a improvement in terms of opponents. It'll be a good test to get ready for some of those big non-conference games because after those non-conference games, it gets into, um, you know, Big Ten basketball night in and night out. You don't get the usual non-conference games that you're used to getting. So it's going to be important to to get some of these things corrected uh, quickly because you don't have as many games and opportunities to do so. But overall, two good wins. It's better than starting. There's been a lot of upsets in college basketball, um, so it's better to start off 2-0, and but definitely some things that they could clean up. Uh, in terms of scoring, it was pretty balanced for the Badgers in both games, three Badgers and double figures in the opener, four in the second game uh, in terms of the starters. So a nice balance, something you want to see early on in the season is, is not relying too much on one or two guys. Wisconsin's always been pretty good about having a balanced score sheet, but how important will it be to have scoring from kind of all spots on the floor like the Badgers did last week? I think it's huge, especially the inside-out um, way that they've had Demetric Trice with 13 points. I think that's a nice step up for him if he can keep that going this year. But, yeah, Reavers and Potter are still going to be your top dogs. Those are going to be the guys that you turn to for scoring. Um, they they have uh, the most shot attempts, you know, outside of Johnny Davis is right up there as well, but that's just because of extended minutes. But, but I think those two guys, um, you know, hitting at 30 points between those two, if you can get that, that's really nice between Potter and Reavers. Um, but but I, I'm excited to see um, eventually here how Aleem Ford and Brad Davison settle into this as well because they have kind of had a rocky start. Um, it, it hasn't um, been overly glaring and made for, for crazy headlines, but at the same time, you look at it, Davison had six points against Eastern in 30 minutes. 
wasn't shooting great. Uh, had had uh, five points in 15 minutes, so he didn't play much against uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, which is I don't know the side tangent here, but the hyphen in Arkansas Pine Bluff is just super annoying. But um, but then Aleem Ford, he he was basically non-existent in the first game. Played very little, 18 minutes, but then had 10 points in the in against Arkansas Pine Bluff. So I think those two, um, I'm guessing they're going to slide up a little bit. We'll probably see Johnny Davis and Ben Carlson's numbers slide down a little bit. Um, but at the same time, those would be the two guys that I think, if you're going to really have a balanced approach, need to step up a little bit, um, especially in, as seniors. So I think it's been great, but I do think that eventually you're going to see a, a few less minutes from Johnny Davis and Ben Carlson here and a, and a few more points here by Brad Davis and Aline Ford to, to kind of iron things out a bit and to really get that balanced attack because the Badgers don't have that go-to option that some teams do across the country, and they need to rely on everybody being uh, at least four guys being able to score in double figures each night to win. Yeah, yeah. You look at last year, too. Aleem Ford was a guy that kind of got off to a slow start. Brad Davison was – last year was kind of hit or miss. There would be some nights he'd come out and be pouring buckets in, and there's some nights where he would come out and and, and really not, not appear on the score sheet at all, whether it be scoring and rebounding or anything like that. He is a pivotal player for this team. If he's playing well and scoring, uh, it really opens some things up because – you're going to get buckets from Reavers and Potter. You play through those guys. Aleem Ford will knock down some shots, and then Demetri Trice will facilitate pretty well. So if you're getting scoring from Brad Davison, that's really important. Um, so he's going to have to be a guy that kind of steps up and uh, and tries to be more consistent. I know last year we talked a little bit about that um, down the late, not so much down the later half of the season in that winning streak. Everyone was kind of playing well and cohesive. But when they were having some turmoil and not playing very well, Brad Davison was a guy that was really inconsistent in terms of scoring. Aleem Ford started to elevate his game after the departure of Kobe King, but um, there were times where, where he was up and down. So those guys are definitely the ones to watch for as you go forward because if, if they're clicking with the other guys and, and all of them are scoring and they've got that balanced attack, it's really a, a fun offense to watch. But if they're not scoring and you're relying solely on um, the production of Potter and Reavers and tries to, to score your points, and you're trying to play through them a little bit too much. Run into some some games where you're not hitting shots, or you're, you're having those Wisconsin basketball, uh, you know, traditional four or five minute stretches of not scoring. So it'd be interesting to watch uh, those guys as they work into this uh, next part of, of non-conference play, and then into Big Ten play uh, as the season rolls on. For sure. Um, one thing that jumped out and is always a staple for the Badgers is the three-point ball. The three point ball. Um, you know, it didn't fall very well in the first contest, but the second one they were hitting over 50%. Um, how reliant do you think this team is going to be on the three ball this year? I mean, you saw it sometimes last year, and it's a lot of the same personnel where they really lived and died on the three. And I know some Wisconsin basketball fans, that can really be infuriating to watch. You know, you the the offense is kind of the same. You know, you got that swing motion offense, and you're going to get plenty of play in the post. But, but sometimes you saw this, this basketball team last year kind of just dribble and pass it around and then, and then hoist up a shot late in the shot clock that – you didn't really need or didn't – there could have been a better shot maybe earlier and, and someone held it and kicked it around. So it. I think this team is going to be a team that might rely on the three ball quite a bit, but hopefully they don't have to as much as maybe they did last year. I know last year with Pritzel you had another knockdown shooter. You don't have that maybe this year. Um, you don't have that pure shooter like he was. So 
I think they'll be – some games they'll win on the three ball alone and, and just shoot lights out. Some games, like we saw last year, they'll 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 be cold like they were that Eastern Illinois. I think they were seven for twenty three from three. Um, you know, in a, in a game where you've got competition that's a little bit better and a lot better than probably Eastern Illinois, you're going to need to knock down more threes if you're going to shoot that many. Um, so they're going to live by the three and they're going to die by the three. But hopefully, it's not as much as last year because last year down the end they were just knocking down those shots and and, and looking really well. But you can't count on that night in and night out. For sure. One thing that stood out that I, I really enjoyed was that the Badgers were more um, willing to go to the rim and, and draw fouls. You saw them shoot 29 free throws against Eastern. You saw them shoot 27 against Arkansas Pine Bluff. That That's great. Those are good numbers uh, in terms of getting in there. And then they finished. They were shooting about 75% between the two games. So I think that's that's a space that they need to keep getting those numbers up and maybe – you keep closer to that Arkansas Pine Bluff number where it's 19. Mm-hmm. 23 is pretty high. So if they can keep it around that, um, you know, between 15 and, and 23s in a game, I think that's okay. You can live with that. I mean, especially if you're hitting 50% of them, then you can get that number even higher. But mm-hmm. um, but one thing really is is making sure that if it's not falling, don't keep jacking them up. Don't take those subtle shots. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think the Badgers really, they just carved that zone that Arkansas Pine Bluff came out with and was a big reason that they, they got off to such a good start with that three-point because they worked inside out with Reavers and Potter, and it, and it worked to perfection. Mm-hmm. So I, I think really the threes are always going to be there. We've seen it. It's, it's just when it comes to those games where they're not falling, you can't be overly reliant on it. Try to get those free throws numbers up and consistently up it would make this team even better because let's be real. If you're going inside to Reavers and Potter, you're in, you're in good shape. Those are your best two scores. Get them the ball and, and get it inside where it's much easier to score and do damage because that'll even open it up when they get outside for them to hit the threes when really both those guys are, are pretty great at it. Yeah, that'll be something to watch for as the Badgers look to continue on and knocking down the three ball is going to be important. And as you start to take on some of these tougher opponents, it'll be a key number and a, and a figure to watch how many they're hoisting and, and how many they're hitting is going to be indicative of probably the result in some of these contests. Speaking of uh, the, the basketball team, they went pretty deep in terms of the bench, 9-10 to 10 outside of garbage time. You know, some other guys got in for, for just a couple minutes um, there at the end, so... What did you make of the rotation? Because I, I like to see, you know, the likes. We expected Carlson and Davis. Crowell got a few minutes. What did you make of the rotation, and, and how do you think that was uh, for the start of the season? You know, I, I think it's good. I think this is what you need, especially early in the year. I would anticipate that, like I said, some of these guys, their minutes will tighten up a little bit. Um, but at the same time, I think Johnny Davis and, and and Carlson have have really flashed early on here. They've they've made it known that that hey, we've got the talent to play here. We we've got the ability to be part of the main rotation. I think Crowell will probably be a guy that if you're in foul trouble and need need another body, or if if you play against a guy a real banger inside like a Luca Garza, that you're going to go ahead and do that. But but man, I I think I've been nothing but impressed by Jonathan Davis and Ben Carlson, and I think that's what this team needed. You look at some of the teams that Badgers have been really good. You've got a good core of leaders, and then you've got some young infusion of talent. And Carlson and Johnny Davis have shown nothing but um, promise with that. Carlson's been really efficient in his scoring, um, averaging eight points a game, but but has been you know four or six shooting, um, and has also done a decent job in the rebounding department. Um, but but Johnny Davis, man, that kid is very confident. And I, you love to see that. 
that that floater he had in right away that he scored on his first basket that was one of those where Bo would have yanked him to the bench immediately if that <laughs> wouldn't have gone in and that was the first thing that came to my mind because I was thinking back to me playing varsity basketball if that shot if I would have shot that um, my coach would have been like what the hell and but the kid made it right away and um, that's that is a testament to how talented he is um, I think his his defense will also definitely help him out. You see his rebounding and his tenacity with it as well. Um, you know, he's he's third on the team in reboundings as a kid playing only just under 20 minutes a game. So I would anticipate that him and Carlson are, have, have found a niche and will be playing decent amount of minutes going forward. So I think the Badgers will probably tighten that down to maybe eight, maybe nine at the max but um, at times, but – but really, um, I think the start for those two is, is really great, and I've I've also really liked what I've seen from um, Tyler Wall here early on. Yeah, and I think that kind of takes us right to our, our next questions. We talked about the young guns a little bit. Ben Carlson, you know, he scored 13 in the opener. Jonathan Davis uh, put an eight and nine, so you're getting scoring from those guys. I think Davis especially brings something that this team right now doesn't have. Uh, uh, you know, an attack. Uh, guard, you know, somebody that can slash and get to the rim. There were a couple times where, where he uh, took a guy off the dribble and got to the rim. Of course, again, we, we keep hitting on it's Eastern Illinois and Arkansas Pine Bluff, but he was a guy that coming into the season uh, was, was going to bring that in, in terms of his game. You know, Ben Carlson, it, it looked like a, a really strong big that's going to give you some minutes that you'll need when, you, when you're going against guys and you need some height, you need some uh, big, strong bodies in there. And then you mentioned that Tyler Wall was a guy that I was really impressed with as well. I know he didn't maybe necessarily light up the score sheet in terms of points, but there were some times last year where he looked like a true freshman, you know, getting thrown in there, or a freshman and, and, and just being out of place and being out of sorts. He didn't really have that as much this year. He looked much stronger, more confident in his game. So I think him as a player, as a guy that we looked at to be a rotational piece, might give you a little bit more off the bench, and then you're going to have a guy like Anderson. You're going to have a good bench of, of eight guys probably. You know, Stephen Crowell might get some minutes, and then, then uh, it's going to be interesting to see who kind of rotates in there with the guard and how many minutes a guy like Anderson gets. So, um, you know, in terms of the young guys, how far along do you think they look? Because I know we I just touched on it with Wall. He looked a little lost early last year. These guys kind of look ahead of schedule um, compared to what I thought in terms of, in terms of their play uh, going forward. Yeah, I think they're also more physically de- developed than Tyler mm-hmm. Wall was. You could see that Tyler Wall was still growing into his body in a lot of ways. Carlson might grow another inch or so, but he's probably capped in terms of that. Johnny Davis is probably capped in terms of how tall he's going to be. Whereas you look at Tyler Wall, he's now grown two inches. He's added like 20 pounds. So he's he's going to be a continued work in progress. And Carlson and Davis have, have are farther along in their shot. So I think both those guys are, are ready to contribute right now and – it, it doesn't look too big for them. They're not lost out there, like you mentioned. So I think Johnny Davis is really poised to continue to play minutes. Um, you love to to hear the fact that he had a he shot a struggle of a game against Arkansas Pine Bluff and shooting only three of ten, but then he was out there still shooting after the game was over. So I'm I'm excited for what those two can bring, and I think Greg Gard's going to continue to keep things on their plate all season long. If they continue to develop, you might see. Um, their minutes go down, but then kind of revive later on in the season if they if they've started to make um, big progress. So I think those two are definitely farther along than Tyler Wall at this point, and 
and I think their minutes will be indicative of it because Tyler Wall's minutes really steadily declined as the season went on, whereas I think they they might see a slight decline and then it might uh, it might go back up, um, you know, kind of parabolic. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of how those two will keep working into the rotation, uh, you know, depending on how their game you know plays. If if they're playing well, maybe they'll get more minutes, but if they're if they're struggling and, and kind of out of position, maybe on the defensive end or not doing. Um, what they're expected to do, you know, maybe you'll see less minutes from those guys as you rely more on your experience in, in the starting five and, and that group. So uh, overall, 2-0, and great start. Next, the opponents weren't the best. Um, so what is kind of the main thing that you're looking for for Tuesday's contest Green Bay, against Green Bay, and what do you hope they can kind of improve on? Yeah, I think the number one thing is going to be rebounding. I, I mm-hmm. think – this team it should take care of Green Bay. They, this It's not going to be quite as high scoring as, as some of these other ones. I doubt they put up 92 on a, on a, on a Bennett team. But at the same time, um, I, I do think – I mean a Ryan team. But at the same time, I do think that if they can get in a rhythm, go inside, get those free throws. Because, like I said, shooting 29 and 27 free throws, that is – perfect for this team. That's something that we don't always see out of the Badgers. Um, I want to see that continue, um, but then I also wanted to see the reboundings. I think that's going to be big, and then I want to see if Trice continues um, to play as well as he has. He's been he's been lights out. Um, he's kind of is under the radar at a lot of times, but you look at it, um, 15 points, three assists last game. The game before that had five assists. He's playing really good basketball, and that's what this team needs is it a distributor who can who can score as a secondary option because those bigs are, are legit that they have um, and two of the better bigs in the Big Ten. But but Trice is is really the guy who kind of gets that flywheel move, moving for this team. Yeah, it'll be an interesting position to watch as this team goes forward. I think rebounding is definitely the, the main thing that you're going to look for against Green Bay and as you get into the Marquettes and the Louisville uh, you've got bigs that, that should be able to dominate on the glass, and you're going to go against some really strong bigs. So I'm hoping that they can uh, clean up some th- some things on the glass. Defensively, they look pretty good, and, and offensively, it's going to come down to, again, you know, watching the three ball, seeing how many they hoist and, and how many they hit, what their shooting percentage uh, from, from behind the line is sometimes telling of the result of the game, and I think that could be um, something you'll see from the Badgers as you go forward here. So I think that kind of wraps up our basketball talk. Uh, but before we let go uh, of you guys here, what a weekend for Big Ten football. We'll talk about some of that a little bit. Wisconsin-Minnesota gets can- canceled, axed uh, literally. So does Ohio State-Illinois. So those cancellations are pretty big. Ohio State all of a sudden, you know, Wisconsin now in- ineligible for the Big Ten championship game. Ohio State now has lost two games. Michigan just shut down their uh, football activities, so there's there's definitely some worry from Buckeye fans. They might be ruled ineligible. Northwestern lays an egg. There was the disgusting bowl of Michigan and Penn State. So which uh, which storyline did you kind of look at for the Badger or for the for the Big Ten, and, and what do you make of of some of those games from across the weekend? Yeah, I think it has to be the the cancellations that are going on. Um, I'm anticipating that there's going to be more because most of these outbreaks have been a two week thing that they've kind of cut, uh, you know, practices off with that. To see Michigan also now dealing with it, that likely means Ohio State's in a really precarious situation. So you you could hypothetically have it to where the Badgers and Ohio State might actually be the best um, two teams um, when they're not turning the ball over five times and not be able to play in that conference championship game. So you might have uh, an Indiana and a Northwestern team 
who who are you know not playing in their best football as they were earlier in the year playing in that bowl, which would be absolutely wild to see. Um, so yeah, it was definitely infuriating to see Northwestern kind of drop that drop that game, but it just kind of um, I guess it confirmed what we all knew that Northwestern wasn't as good as they were, but that the Badgers really just gave them everything they could in in terms of shooting themselves in the foot. So um, I think. I think the cancellations are where we're standing out now because Kevin Warren's got to be just sitting there up in arms about what's happening. And, and really he has him and the presidents right now have nobody to blame but themselves. Yeah, that's, that's the, the exact point. You know, I can't feel, you feel bad for the players, the coaching staffs week in and week out that are, are prepping for a game and, and then it gets canceled and you've got all these issues and you don't have the ability to make it up. So for Ohio State, you wanted to play so bad, and, and of course the players want to. You want to contend for a national title. Now all of a sudden you are possibly looking at being ineligible for the Big Ten championship game and, and losing out on that opportunity. I don't know how the college football playoff race is going to go with, with a team like that. That's that's a whole separate entity. But as for the Big Ten, uh, you now you've got a Northwestern team that, yes, is, is leading the West, but... It doesn't really. I never thought it was a very strong team. Like you said, Wisconsin just played really poorly. Kind of handed them that game. Indiana now all of a sudden, uh, you know, loses Michael Penix Jr. So they're reeling. Um, you, you've got Ohio State who might all of a sudden lose another game and be ineligible. So you could have that that championship weekend be Indiana and Northwestern, and then Wisconsin and Ohio State play as the, as the two team um, in, in that one versus one, two versus two. Um, thing so it, it's really just a mess but this is what happens when you try to play a, a season in a pandemic in general you know there's can't there was probably 20 plus cancellations last weekend which was up from I believe 15 or 16 and, and 14 the weekend before so it seems to be just more and more so it's tough to play in a cancellate era in a pandemic already but it's really tough to play when you don't have bye weeks the ability to make up um, you know this game and, and make up games it's just we knew it was going to be a mess and uh, unfortunately for the Big Ten, it, that's how it worked out, and uh, they've just kind of kind of to live with it and, and deal with the consequences. Yeah, I'm really hoping when they get to that championship week, which I think is a phenomenal idea. I thought that that was one of the big things that I liked that the Big Ten did, was I hope that they are willing to shift a little bit and allow the Badgers to play Minnesota. And, and if that Michigan-Ohio uh, State game, you know, falls to the wayside that they let those two play as well because those are two of the bigger rivalries in, in college football. And to let that kind of fall at the wayside just so you can watch, you know, just some, some other games happen that frankly could have already happened. Like you could honestly see the Badgers play Indiana again. Um, I, I think that would be really hard to stomach because I think everybody on both sides of the state, both Minnesota and Wisconsin, would rather have that game go down than than to watch Minnesota have to play, you know, Maryland, for example, again, and Wisconsin have to play Indiana, for example, again. Yeah, yeah, I don't think anybody really wants to to see that, you know, to, to the Hoosiers, while there will be a great opponent, I'm interested to see what happens this weekend. I don't need to see Wisconsin and Indiana twice. Michigan and Maryland was, uh, or uh, Minnesota and Maryland, rather, was an entertaining game, but we've already seen it once, so hopefully the Big Ten can find a way to to make up some of those games. Uh, I know Maryland's lost some games, so they'd probably be willing to play an East opponent like Michigan State. That, I'm sure there's ways that we can work around it. I don't think anybody um, would be opposed to some of these rivalry games if something does happen, you know, with that Ohio State-Michigan game. That's a classic rivalry. You know, usually you've got, in a normal season, 
Um, you've got Wisconsin and Minnesota um, and Ohio State and Michigan on the same day. Um, so to be able to make sure that those games are protected and played would be huge. Uh, just for the players, you know, you start, when you come to Wisconsin and Minnesota, that's the game you come to play. If you come to play for the Axe, you don't come to play Indiana twice in a season. So I would agree. I hope that happens. Not sure if it will, but I know both sides are willing to do it. It's just up to the Big Ten to, to come through and say, hey, we've, we've kind of botched this season already, but maybe we can save some face and, and, and give these fan bases uh, a good finish to the season because so far it's, it's kind of been uh, a tough season, kind of a mulligan for most of these programs. But at the end of the day, um, hopefully they can figure something out to get some of these games in. No doubt, ma'am. All right. Well, that kind of wraps up our uh, talk. Uh, for the Big Ten season, guys, of course, or for the episode, uh, of course, we'll be back with you later in the week to get into an Indiana breakdown. It will be a really interesting game. You know, there's reports out of Indiana, of course, that Michael Penix Jr., their star quarterback, is out for the season with a torn ACL. So that'll be big news that we'll get into on Thursday's episode uh, with Crimson Quarry. We've got an interview set up with them. Uh, these are two teams that you don't see a lot, play a lot. It's been a couple of years, so it'll be interesting to get into a breakdown with them and, and finally have... Wisconsin football back. We'll also have a basketball breakdown uh, with UW-Green Bay and the Badgers squaring off. So thank you guys, as always, for listening. We'll be back with you later in the week on Wisconsin.